Trojan condoms believe there is a time for children, the right time, when they are wanted. And Trojans have helped people for over half a century safely. This lifetime right here. Really? Thank you, honey. Um, I like woo from her. Hey, no, no, but I'm serious. Isn't it shocking to think that just in this time period that I have lived, our sexual culture that we live in has radically changed. Can you imagine where it's going to be 40 more eight years now? Kind of scary, huh? So here's what we're looking at today. And by the way, um, I do need to say, I'm not sure if everybody said it up front uh, in here, but I'm going to say it again. I really want complete freedom to talk today. And so if you have children that are under the age of 13 or any children that you might not want, are there any kids in here that you might not want in the service um, to hear things, please feel free to um, have them go to our children's programs that we have, okay? Because from this point on, I'm just going to say what I want to say. We all good? good. All right. Because I like talking about this. So, here we go. So, um, in this book, we're in this book called First Thessalonians. We're talking about, Paul is just saying, listen, you guys, this life down here is really short, <clears throat> and then you're going to live forever. And so, if you've, Jesus said, if you believe in me, now there's a big if, if you believe in me, then even though you're going to die, which you are, you're actually going to live, like forever. And so, if that's real, then this should change everything that we've got. And what's so interesting in this book is so far he's really been talking about kind of that upper echelon picture. And he's talked about his great love for them and how he's so concerned about their faith, which we talked about last week. And, and, he's, and, and then what we find at the very end of chapter 3, he says this. Now, after I've established our reality, he says, May God strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So at the end of three, he's going, listen, man, I'm praying that God will strengthen you so you can actually live a life down here that is holy and blameless so that when you go and you stand before God, it's going to be cool, okay? And here's what's wild is he says, so the first thing I got to talk to you about is sex, now, I just got to be honest with you. I've, as I've been reading through this book, I'm like, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Isn't that interesting? Like, if he lived in 2013, he, I think maybe he'd want to talk to us about that. But what you find is 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire, oh, my goodness. I think we're catching up to them, actually. Seriously, it was insane back then. 
And so what we find is Paul knew that the sexual issue was a big issue. So the very first thing he said is, we're going to talk about this. Now, uh, the word that we're going to look at today in the midst of sex is the word honor. And I think what you're going to see, I, I can't, seriously, I can't wait to share this with you. What you're going to see is sex is God's beautiful plan, and it's his idea. That's why it's so awesome. And, but he said, it's awesome if you honor it. And we're going to talk about, in sex, we need to honor God. With sex, we need to honor each other, and you even need to honor yourself. Now, what's honor mean? It, at its core, honor means, it's pri primarily means to value something. If you honor something, you, you value it. And in a relationship, it means you have deep respect for someone, like reverence to the point where you just submit to your own. It's, like, it's not even about you. God, I love you so much, and I value you. I, I honor you. It's why, like, even in some vows in a wedding, right, you will say, I honor you. What you're saying in that moment is, you now matter more to me than I do. That's what honor is. It's a focus on another person versus a consumption with yourself. And you know what's so cool? That's what I love about Jesus. His whole message was, I just came to save you from yourself. I came to save you from sin. I, I came, there's a great verse that says, Jesus died for all so that those who live would no longer live for themselves. Oh, how beautiful it'd be, wouldn't it? Wouldn't your life be so much better if you didn't wake up and have to think about you all day long? And that's what he came to do. Now, before I read, I know in this room, there are some of you who would say, I, I totally have followed Christ. I've, I've received Christ. I believe in Christ. I want to honor him. And, and as, I, as I read this passage, you need to be listening then through those ears. What does it mean for all you Christians, all you followers of Jesus, to honor God sexually? But I also know, and this is what I love about K2, is at least a third of us in this room are still going, I'm not sure if I do really buy the whole Jesus thing, and you're here, you're checking it out, and you're wondering about God. And so I just want to encourage you, as you listen to this passage, listen deeply and see, why in the world would God say this? Why would God have, and we're, we're going to get into that. But I think there's really good reasons, okay? So now before I read the passage, can I just pray? Let me just pray. And Lord, come now and do what only you can do. Help us, God, to see how much you love us, and help us to see why your ways are good, really, really good. We need you today. I need you today. I'm asking you right now. Just, I'm going to do my best to speak, God, but I know that nothing happens in this room unless they hear you. Would your voice come through loud and clear? Turn on the light so we can see you, and may you change us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. If you got your Bibles, uh, grab them and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Um, if you don't, they're up here, the verses are on the screen. So as for these other matters, I've already talked about eternity. Now let's get down to some practical stuff. He says, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. I taught you, man. I, you guys know how to please God. And he says, I love this. He goes, in fact, you're doing it. <laughs> It's awesome. So I want to ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus, do it, just do it more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the, those who do not know God. 
and end that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being. And then just, and just be, catch this. So I'm going to share with you, but it's, I'm just going to try to share with you what God said. So it's not me you're actually rejecting. He says, if you reject this instruction, you're actually rejecting God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now, I know he's not real clear in this passage, is he? <laughs> that was a joke. So let's talk about this. How do we honor God sexually? Verse 1. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. Let's please God. Let me just ask you, in this room right here, how many of you would say you love God? How many of you say, man, I love God? Okay, look at all those hands. Woo! We love him. All right. So here was my thought press process. Why would I want to honor God? Why would I want to respect him, value him above everything else? Well, I, and then I'm like, well, because I exist because of him, <laughs> right? I'm only even here because he created me. And then he loved me so much that he came down to save me from my sin. Like he didn't say, Nelson, you got to be good. And if you're good enough, then maybe I'll let you into heaven with me. He said, no, Nelson, you're a mess <laughs> and I love you. So I'm just going to rescue you so you can be with me forever. So I'm like saved by his grace. So that's why, I, I have all these reasons why. And by the way, his, all his ways are really good. So that's, I, that's why I want to honor him. Well, then I just thought, well, how? He says, listen, man, I'm going to tell you, please him. And you guys, and I look, and many of you in this room, right? He says, you're already doing this. Just do it more and more, okay? Well, how do I please God? The verse is really simple. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the way you and I actually please God is every time we trust him. That's what faith is, okay? Faith isn't believing there is a God. Faith is believing that what God says and who he is is worth trusting. So every time, every time you do what he says, you put a smile on God's face. Isn't that cool? That is, that is, that's just so cool to think that you and I do that. So then I ask this question. Okay, so why would I want to? All right, yeah, I do. How would I do it? Okay, I would have faith. And then I started thinking, um, so what are the benefits of pleasing God? And you know what the benefits are? Every time you walk with God, you stay close to him. Every time you walk with God and do what he says, you stay close to God. And that's how his joy and his peace and his power and the strength and courage actually gets into your heart. It's when you walk with him. So there's benefits of that. <laughs> but then I got a little bit deeper and I started thinking this. Okay, hold on. So... Who do you love? In fact, think of a person right now. Think of somebody who you love with all of your heart. Okay, got that person in your mind? Don't you just like to please them? How many of you like to please the person that you love? Okay, it just, that's, just, that's just what happens. And you don't try to please them so they'll do something for you, right? Well, at least not like all the time, right? <laughs> let's just be human. Yes, yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> but, but the greatest joy, like with my wife Susie, I, as I sat there and I thought about this, I go, really, just because I love her, the coolest thing is when I can do something that just puts a smile on her face, right? And that's enough for me. That was the goal. I just wanted to put a smile on her face, and that's it. So I was at the grocery store a week ago, and she told me, somehow this last year I found out that tulips are her favorite flower. I walked into the grocery store, and yellow tulips were on sale for 
so I'm also cheap. <laughs> but I, I wish you guys could, I wish, you, I wish you could have seen our living room when I walked through the door and handed her these silly, to me, yellow tulips. <laughs> and the glow on her face, and that was it. That's all I needed. Do you guys know this? We're all adults here. Even in the sexual experience, okay, good sex is when what your heart's desire is, is to bring pleasure to the other person. When both people have that as their desire, I just want to please you, it's good, right? But when we're in it for ourselves, sexual abuse can happen outside or inside marriage. But I'm telling you, this is what, this is so, so it, basically what I find out with Susie is what do you want? And then because I love her and I want to please her, I do those things. So now let's put that towards God. God, I love you. You all rose your hands, so you're stuck now. <clears throat> I love you. Well, that means I want to please you. So Paul goes, well, here, let me tell you how. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. And I love this. So what, what Paul is saying is, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. And by the way, he was God. Okay? So God made this really clear. And then he says, it is God's will. It is his desire. This is what pleases him, that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. For God didn't call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. So it's, you don't even have to question this. This is what I love about this passage. Okay, For, and, I'm, and again, can I just say something more? I'm talking to all of you in this room who are Christians, okay? Because sanctification is a really, it's once you're saved, once you have God, sanctification is discipleship. It's how you grow more and more into Christ. Sanctific listen, and so for all of you who are still wondering about God and wonder how do I connect with God, you don't get sanctified to get saved. Can, I, can you guys understand that? In other words, you don't go, oh man, now i got to be sexually pure for God to love me. No, he loves you, <laughs> okay? What I'm talking about now is once you get him inside of you, this is what it means. So what does sanctified mean? Um, it literally means to cut something. The word meant to cut. So if you had a piece of paper, right, and I cut this guy in half, now they'd be separate from each other. And what God is saying, hey, you know what my will is? My will is that you would be separated to me. I want you to separate yourself from everything that's not of me, and I want you to totally engage in everything that is me. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? That's sanctification. So you know, what, you know what's cool? You know what God is basically saying? I just want you to be with me because I can't be involved in that because it's just not right and it's not good. So I'm calling you to sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart and stick with me. So, and then he goes, and here's how you do this. In this passage, there's lots of things that are holy unto God. But I'm asking you, God is saying, you want to please me? Oh, you got to put a smile on my face? Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Now, what's interesting is Paul could have chosen the word for adultery. There's a very clear Greek word that means don't sleep with another person's spouse. Okay? He didn't choose that word. <laughs> he chose a different word. This Greek word is porneo. Hmm, sound familiar? It's where we get pornography from. And this word means any sexual activity that's outside of marriage. Anything. Anything that's not in, that's not in marriage, God says... Man, I designed this thing, and it rocks in marriage. So I don't want you to do anything outside of this. And if you want to, Christians, if you want to please them, you're like, okay, cool. You don't have to go, can we uh, talk about this? You know, <laughs> no. 
It's right here. Now, and what Paul said was this. He goes, and I'm just telling you, remember, by the authority of the Lord Jesus. So this is Jesus. So let's look and see what Jesus said. In Matthew 19, he said this. Jesus said, haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let nobody separate. That's Jesus, God, coming down saying, you guys remember the creator? Man, he had this awesome idea to take two people, right? I'm going to create male and female, and I want the man to leave his home and bag everything else, and I want him to come, and I want him to become one with his wife, become one flesh. And that is God's plan. And he says, now here's the deal. I'm going to get to it in a minute. That is such a cool, powerful, unbelievable experience. And anything outside of that is not my design. And therefore, it isn't good in its essence. And so, if we're going to honor God, please God, then what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, I'm going to hang in here. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. You created me. You alone know what's right. I gave you my life. I'm all for you. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. And, and I'll just tell you, I believe this stuff. I actually do. I actually believe. Because in 1 Thessalonians 4.8, it says, if anyone who rejects this instruction doesn't reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. And here's the one thing I know. When I gave my life to Christ and his Holy Spirit came into my being, I changed. Did you? That's what happens. You change. So I'm just going to, can I just share my sexual journey with you just a little bit? This is you know, because you're going to do it next. And uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, um, so I ran in to pornography before I even knew what sex was. Okay? I, was, I didn't even know. I hadn't, I hadn't seen the pictures in the back of the junior high book yet. <laughs> Do you guys see those? Um, there were pictures in there that would tell you what sex was. I, hadn't, I didn't know anything. And the very first thing that entered my brain was hardcore pornography. Can you just say messed up? It messes you up. So here I am, right? So then I go through my teenage years, and I know porneo. <laughs> you guys know porneo? I know it. I know sexual ex- activity outside of marriage. And at 19 years old, when I received Christ, it was like all of a sudden, or really gave my life to Christ, it was like all of a sudden things changed. And here's the cool thing. I also know no porneo. I know no porneo for 15 years from the time I was 19 until I married my wife. So can I just help all of you who are single? You can do it. It's possible. I know, man, it is hard and it's suffering and it's painful because we were created for this in marriage. So I know what it was not to have it. And then Susie and I get engaged, right? And you guys remember this? It's like, so here I am, man, totally committed to sexual purity for God. And then we get married. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm, no, we got engaged, I'm sorry. And as soon as we got engaged, I'm like, wait a second. Like, I know I'm going to marry this person. You guys remember that? Well, oh, that sexual drive when you're engaged is insane. And I remember sitting there going, and all of these reasons that I had for not being engaged in sex, they were just stupid. <laughs> Do you guys remember this? I'm like, this is just stupid. And I want to tell you, there's only one reason 
that Susie and I fought like cats and dogs to not have sex before marriage. And it wasn't any of the reasons I'm going to tell you in just a minute. There's only one. Because she and I both had made a commitment that we're going to worship God. And I'm going to please him. And I'm going to put a smile on his face. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to value him more than I value my drive inside. I'm going to value him more than her drive. And her, I'm going to value him, respect him, and honor him. And we fought for that. And we did it. And by the way, makes the honeymoon awesome. <laughs> it's not just another night of what you've been doing. It's what he created it for. I'm telling you, man, followers of Jesus involved in sexual activity, you're in sin. Period. Those of you who aren't following Jesus, I, I, I feel like it's a different story. Uh, but let me talk to you. Followers of Jesus justifying your sexual activity. Do you guys, I, and this isn't my instruction, God just says, it's my will for you to have nothing engaging going on right now outside of marriage. And you know what's cool? I can find, I can actually, I'm a living testimony. You can, it can happen. He can change you. And I still struggle struggle. I'm going to struggle till I see Jesus with sexual temptation. All of us are. But I have him inside of me, and it can give me the power to do it. So, and I, I, let, me just, let me just say one more thing before I move on about honoring God. I really do understand, I think, you know, I do because I lived it. I understand in our culture today why we would say, because remember in the passage, he said, don't do this like those who don't know God. Those who don't know God have a passionate lust for sex. Well, me too, right? So now here's what's interesting. You know, what, you know what the word passionate means? It means to have a feeling inside of you that's overwhelming. <laughs> okay? That's the passionate part. You know what lust is? It's just a craving. Now who, have, who in this room hasn't had that? <laughs> An overwhelming feeling and drive and a craving for sex. So, if our culture is getting, and, and we're just, we're getting farther, and I think that's why we, we can watch it from the 50s all the way to today, we're just, we just know, man, like church attendance is down, the, it, people are just not as interested in God anymore. Well, the farther you get away from God, then what is life really about? And if you, if you, all you have to do is read anything, listen to anything today. What life is about, it's you doing whatever makes you happy, it's, it's really, don't tell anybody else what they should or shouldn't do. Okay, all right. Because it, it's about you doing whatever makes you happy. Well, I can tell you what makes me happy, sex. Because if I get engaged in sex, that satisfies this drive. And, that's a very, and I want to tell you, it is a very natural drive to want sex. God created you for that. So in our world today, to say, why would you, why would there, what an what a archaic teaching, <laughs> right? It's archaic. To think about that we shouldn't be able to just engage with another consenting adult and get involved sexually. And I would say without God, absolutely. That makes total sense to me. It really does. <laughs> and so I, I think partly what I want to say is I don't have any expectation for anybody who isn't actually following God to be sexually pure. I just don't. But can I just tell you, I still think it's a really good idea. <laughs> and here's, I'm going to tell you why. Because here's what's cool about God. God is never up there going, I want you to be pure so you suffer right? I don't want you to have sex because I don't want you to have any fun. That's not God. 
God loves you and all of his ways are good and right. Let's look and see how. It goes on to say this. Honor God. Number two, honor yourself. Honor yourself. Four, three, and four. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Control your own body. Honor your body. I'm sure you guys have all known somebody who you know they're so sexually active just because they feel so crappy about themselves. Doesn't that break your heart? I just, I know. It breaks your heart because you just know they, they, they just want to know. <laughs> they just need to know. You might need to know that you're really valuable and that you're really loved. And so we see people that don't feel that way, and so then they try to get it through this thing, and, and there's part of it you just goes, you just want to say, oh, please just respect yourself, right? Honor yourself. But here what we find in the Bible, he's saying that to all of us, you guys. In 1 Corinthians 6, he says, flee from sexual immorality because all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. When we are outside of God's plan, God is saying, what happens, you actually hurt yourself. Now, now it's obviously that there are other sins that we can do that hurt our bodies, right? Addictions of all sorts destroy our physical bodies. So he's not just talking about the body physically here. More often than not, when the scriptures are using the word flesh or body, they're talking about your whole person, okay? You guys know to be human means you gotta have one of these, right? You have to have a body, but your body is intricately connected to your heart, to your soul, and to your mind. So what God is saying here is, when you sin sexually, you are actually harming your own soul. Now, I think we know this because we know that sex is not just physical, right? When he says, don't join yourself with another person, he's not like saying, don't have physical connection with another. He's talking, something happens deeply in your soul. Some of you know this. You've been sexually engaged with another person, and then the relationship ended. Here's where my words were. Maybe they're yours too. I remember saying, can I have my heart back? You guys know, you know what that is? Because what happens in sex, you guys, is it's not a physical exchange. It is a spiritual exchange. What happens sexually is you actually are donating. It's like you're giving your person to the other person, and you're taking their heart into yourself. And we know this on a negative side, because if somebody experiences sexual abuse, what's the greatest pain? It's in here. It's in your soul. You guys, God created sex to be so powerful and beautiful. And that's why he says, honor your own body. Honor your person. Because when you engage in sex outside of marriage, you give part of yourself away. 
And you give part of yourself away. And you give part of yourself away. And then you meet the one you want to live the rest of your life with. And you go, well, I've got some of me to give to you. And God has gone, you want all of you. You don't want to know that your heart is somewhere else. You know, the way I've always felt, the best way for me in my heart is I feel like what God made sex to be was super glue. God made sex to be this unbelievable exchange of personhood. Not just body connection, soul connection, where you receive a person and you give yourself to the other person. But what happens, you guys, is when you, ha- when you do that with somebody, remember that first time and or whatever it was, and then you stop and it's like, oh, it's like, oh, that really hurt. And then you have sex again and, and then sex again. And next thing you know, if you have lots of sex before you get married, you enter into a relationship with now and you've lost your stickiness. It doesn't even do what it was supposed to do anymore. And God is saying, honor your body. Honor your person. Keep it really sticky. I want your marriage to last, man. I want you to, what I really care about is love. And you're experiencing a relationship of deep commitment and a covenant between each other. And part of the reasons you want to do some, you know, well, premarital counseling is usually about sex. And post-marital, you want to do some counseling with me? Do you guys know why one of the top reasons that marriages end? Because of sex? I read a secular article, had nothing to do at all with Christianity about a woman who works at a university, and she wrote this article because she couldn't believe how many college-aged girls were coming to her complaining about how their boyfriends had no sexual interest in them. You know why? Because they're on porn every day looking at this stuff, and it's dulling their senses. Because people are so engaged sexually now that when they actually now try to have something to give to another person to make the relationship last, they don't even have it anymore. And see, now do you see why God's going, well, no. <laughs> it's awesome. Honor yourself. Honor your body. Guard your heart. Make yourself have something so explosive to offer the person you're going to marry someday and it'll change your relationship, it'll solidify it. That's the second one. And then he says, lastly, honor each other. Honor each other. In this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. In sex, none of us should, on, should, should uh, wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. These are interesting words. The word wrong means to step over the line. It means to cross the boundary. Nobody should cross the boundary (laughs) with a brother or sister. Second word, to take advantage, means to selfishly take something for personal gain or pleasure at at somebody else's expense. So in sex, you can actually take something from somebody for yourself, which is much of sex is so selfish because it just drives us. And then he says that don't do this because you're actually taking something for yourself at somebody else's expense. How do we do this? How do we dishonor each other sexually? The first one is this. If you're not married and you're having sex with somebody, there is a really good chance that you're having sex with somebody else's spouse. And guess what? You just crossed the boundary. You just took something for yourself that belonged, like for me, let's put it this way. For me, I took something 
for myself that actually belong to that guy. Every person should have the opportunity to enter into marriage with another person who wasn't involved sexually. Oh, I don't even know if anybody experiences that anymore. But I do know this. I wrong a brother or you wrong a sister when you're engaged sexually with somebody else because it's probably somebody else's spouse and then they're going to get married. And you know what's weird? You, they, they get married and then, I know this is kind of weird, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. They get married and you're in the bed with them. You are. Because you're in that person's mind. You guys, right? I mean, sex is so powerful that the, whoo, you know, those memories get planted in there. And next thing you know, instead of, instead of keeping the marriage bed pure, it's like these, these two people are married now and they're trying to have a oneness in sexual experience and, and, and your memory's in there. It's, that's one of the ways that you just, you just dishonor somebody. Okay? Secondly, um, if you have sex with somebody before, before marriage, you are taking a part of, of their heart. And, and instead of them fully being able to give themselves, you're in their life now. And God's just saying, this is what messes things up, man. I just don't want you to do this. And here's, here's maybe the most, most important one that you could think about. Honor your spouse. Honor yours. Can you imagine, man, meeting the person that you want to marry and be able to say, I saved myself for you. I mean, I, seriously, what? You watch anything on any movie or any, that is such a joke today, isn't it? What a joke to think about saving yourself for somebody. It's not a joke, man, when two people who really wanted their marriage to work, now it's falling apart. Because of all, if you could actually get married someday, all of you who aren't married yet, and say, I want to tell you one thing, man. I saved myself for you. I honored you before I even knew you. I can tell you this. Once you're married, all you guys who married, don't you wish there wasn't anybody else in your, uh, that, that there were no memories, that there were no comparisons, that there were nothing else in there that you could have a pure heart to give to? There's, you do. You just wish that was there. And God is saying, you guys, I made something awesome. It makes your relationship last forever. So it's my will that you stay holy, set apart. Do it my way. Don't get gauged sexually immoral. And, and I, by the way, I just want to tell you, for those of you who've already blown it, me too. But at least I got to go to Susie and say, but for 15 years, man, I've honored you. And that was good. It was good. Now, so here's what's cool. So what do we do with this? The gospel, the good news of God is the answer, you guys. First of all, he loves you. He loves every one of you. Every one of you in this room, he's crazy about. So once that starts to fill up your heart, you actually can respect yourself a little bit more because you won't be trying to get another relationship to fill and satisfy this hole, man or woman. You won't need sexual stuff to prove anything, to prove your worth, to prove that you're beautiful, to prove that you're lovely, to prove that somebody wants you. You won't need that anymore because you are loved so much by God. I, 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 that's one of the things that attracted me to Susie, man. She blew it too. But for years, she was pure. She wore this little ring saying, my beloved is my, my you, you are my, whatever. Something, uh, it was this, this cool ring that said she loved God. Um, but I, I just want to tell you, man, once 
Jesus captures your heart, you can honor yourself. And by doing that, you end up honoring others. Here's the other cool thing about the gospel. He will forgive you for everything you've ever done. Oh, thank you, God. Every person that you've stolen from, every person that you've grabbed their heart from, every sexual thing you've ever done, God is so ready right now to say, I totally forgive you. I love that. And then the other thing is, and when you receive Christ, his power comes into your life, and you can now live a different way. You can follow him, and sex can be everything it was intended to be. And then you honor him. You honor others, and you get life. God's good. Bam, why don't you guys come up? Lord, would you just, in these last couple minutes we have together, would you just come here and let everybody in this room know that you love them, that you're gracious, that you're forgiving, that your ways are good, that you want relationships to last, that you want people to really know what love is, and sex was your gift to be the really the commitment agent, the thing that binds us together. We praise you and we thank you for the beauty of it. And Lord, I just ask now that you would help set some people free even as we walk out. And I ask for it in Jesus' name, amen.